Hi everybody, I'm Jim Ford. And I'm Elseworlds Dan, aka Chad Bokelman. And this is Lantern Cast presents Elseworlds. What are we gonna do tonight, Dan or Dan Jim? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm still waiting for you to do the episode one thing. Alright, well this is episode one, man. If you're listening to this, then it's probably because you also listen to the Lantern Cast. And this is going to be very similar in tone, except that instead of being about Green Lantern, we're going to be focusing on Elseworlds. And, like, for the beginning portion, we are going to focus, you know, primarily on Green Lantern-related Elseworlds. Tonight, we figured we'd go with the... I would say... I I think that this is the most popular Green Lantern Elseworlds. I think it's the most well-known. What do you say? Probably. Probably one, at least one of the better ones. I mean, you've got stuff like Evil's Might out there, which I haven't read all the way through yet, but I've heard it's terrible. <laughs> so I, I would say it's probably one of the better known and, and probably one of the better written. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say that. And that is Batman The Darkest Night. Oh, wait, no. In Darkest Night. Yeah. That would be Batman In Darkest Night. The the concept of this Elseworlds... Oh, and we should say what an Elseworlds is. Uh, Chad, I think you have a decent definition of that. Uh, yeah. Um, basically, Elseworlds... Uh, well, both comic companies have two different kinds uh, of stories like this. DC has Elseworlds, and Marvel has their what-if line. Uh, the difference being Elseworlds, for the most part, is... Well, Wikipedia said something about its... Uh, it shouldn't exist or could exist or it's a completely different universe. Um, whereas what if stories in Marvel diverge from one point, for instance, one of my favorite what if stories from Marvel is the, uh, what if the silver surfer possessed the infinity gauntlet? So it's just a one point in Marvel history that diverges. Whereas for the most part, Elseworlds, uh, is a completely different tale universe dimension whatever you want to say although as you say that the one that we're actually going to be reviewing tonight is just like that what if kind of scenario where they just kind of change one thing yeah yeah so okay the the basic premise of in darkest night is what if batman were chosen to be earth's green lantern instead of al jordan you know, they, they take that as the concept, like, you know, Abinzer, are like, the one main point that that changes here is Abinzer crash lands on Earth, but he crash lands right next to Wayne Manor, and the ring gets offered to Bruce Wayne, because it's nowhere near Hal Jordan. So, you know, you take that, that scenario, and you just run with it, and, you know, you see, you know, what changes and whatnot, and... I mean, you know, I, I really like the uh, the issue, so I thought it was a success. I thought it was, too. I really like it. Um, I usually don't like this kind of old-style art, but I, I do like the way the the feel is in the whole book. It's got a nice storyline. Yes. So do you want to give a uh, like a brief synopsis? I think you're better at it than I am. <laughs> I might butcher it. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. So we start off Batman in Darkest Night. Oh, and... Anybody out there that, you know, is, uh, you know, listening to this and they're like, oh man, you know, I just read Batman in Darkest Night, you know, let me, let me listen along or let me listen to this and then go out and read 
uh, in Darkest Night, or let me read along with whatever whatever you're thinking. Before you read this, you really, really should read the first part of Batman Year One. Uh, this this was Batman issue 404, written by was it uh Mark Miller? No, not Mark Miller. Frank Miller. Yes. Oh man, it's it's a really good read as it is, but it kind of like you know this was from the 80s. Frank Miller went in and kind of fleshed out Batman's origin and. This first part of Batman, you know, his origin, it is a four-part series. You go in, you read that one first part, and this Elseworlds takes off directly after the end of that issue. So it's it's really amazing how they, they tie it together. The artistic style is very similar, and, like, the whole writing style is very similar to the way that, you know, this one was... Um, put together this is batman year one so yeah you know it's like batman's inner monologue yeah exactly and the notes yeah definitely worth uh worth checking out okay so like i said this starts out directly coming off that last page of batman year one part one batman has just been in like a like a gang street fight because he had just come back from doing Years upon years of training. His parents were killed. You know, he's going out. He's learned so many forms of uh, fighting, martial arts, and whatnot. And now he's ready to come back and start fighting crime. So he does this. this he goes out one night and, you know, this. Uh, he wants to kind of like just do reconnaissance. Just to see what's out there. To see what he has to prepare himself for. For when he actually starts going out to fight crime. And... He kind of gets his ass handed to him. So, because just a bunch of people are beating on him. He has a run-in with uh, Selena Kyle. It's just, it's not good. It doesn't work out well for him. So he kind of... And this is all in year one. Yeah, this is all year one. I'm I'm giving you all the backstory. So, he, he stumbles home. He's, like, bleeding. He's a mess. And he's staring at, like, a statue bust of his father. You know, wondering, it's like, you know, how do I instill fear in these people i need i need a sign i need something to you know to to do my my mission and to to fight crime and in batman's history what actually what you know originally happened was a batman cra- uh, a batman a bat <laughs> crashes through the window and you know that's his sign it's like i'll become the bat that's you know that's batman but what happens here is instead of the bat crashing through the window, all of a sudden Abin Sir appears right in front of the bus saying, you know, you've been chosen. And, you know, in true Green Lantern fashion, it's, you know, the whole thing, you know, you you get the powers, you are worthy, and I'm dying. Here you go. Batman, you know, Bruce Wayne, he, realizing what he has to do, he hides his spaceship, he hides it in the bat cave. So uh, that's his new, like, you know, lair. And it just, it takes off from there. You know, he now, Batman, who isn't actually Batman, he's Green Lantern, but he has all the same training that Batman had. He goes out and he's fighting crime. And he is very, very much localized to Earth because Gotham City itself was just so horrendously bad. He just wants to clean it up. It's 
This has always been his goal, his mission to clean up Gotham City. Problem with that is, as a Green Lantern, you have to take care of your entire sector, and sometimes even more than that, the Guardians give him a call, and they say, okay, we need you to come in and take care of Sinestro, who's gone rogue over on his home planet of Korrigar. Very much like Hal Jordan had to do to Sinestro. Although, I believe Hal Jordan had already worked with Sinestro, so made it a little more more intriguing at that point. So, Batman goes and, you know, he does what he has to do. He, of course, is able to knock out Sinestro because not only is he Green Lantern, but he's also got the training of Batman, like I said. So, not much of a challenge for him. And, you know, the Guardians are pleased, but they're, they're also kind of irritated because, you know, he's like Batman's like, well, Batman Green Lantern here, Bruce Wayne, I'll call him Bruce Wayne for lack of, you know, to clear up some confusion. You know, he's, he's kind of like talking, you know, doing some back talk to the Guardians, saying, you know, it's like, well, I don't think I could pick anybody worse than Sinestro, so get off my case. And they're like, you won't talk to us like that. You don't talk to me like that. <laughs> I am to be respected. Yeah, he goes back to Earth and, you know, clean up his, uh, you know, his city. But now he's got Sinestro, who has been given a yellow ring after he was banished to the Antimatter universe. And now he comes back and he's seeking revenge. And this is the part where the co- the comic gets a little... Zany. Yeah, I would say zany. I would say this is where it diverges from the the Batman uh, tone of the comic, I would say. And now it's a lot more Green Lantern in, in tone. But Sinestro meets Joe Chill. He finds out that, you know, Joe Chill was the one that killed Batman's parents. And he absorbs Joe Chill's mind because he's the one that put Bruce Wayne on the path to becoming Sinestro's greatest enemy. And the process of absorbing Joe Chill's mind makes him go completely nuts. So now he's like a a combination of Sinestro and the Joker, wearing the Joker's purple outfit with Sinestro's purple face. (laughs) That's that's interesting. And, you know, there's a bunch of fighting going on. Sinestro goes out and gets him some allies in the form of Binary Star, which is a play on Two-Face and also Evil Star. And then you have a play on Catwoman, who is Catwoman slash uh, Star Sapphire. Although I don't think she has the the Sapphire. She's got a whip, but it looks like it's shining. Shiny yellow whip. Yeah, but... Bruce, yeah, Bruce Wayne is able to take these guys out, you know, the first time around, but uh, they they hatch a plan, and oh god, <laughs> this is where it gets a little little confusing. Yeah, the Guardians call on Bruce Wayne to go off to a foreign planet to, you know, take care of some problems that Sinestro actually started because he wanted to lure Bruce Wayne off the planet. So Bruce Wayne refuses. He says, if I leave even for a minute, then Sinestro is going to run amok and, you know, he'll just go on a killing spree. And they said, well, we, we can't, you know, the Guardians are like, well, we can't deal with that. You need to, 
You need to be patrolling your sector. So the Guardians temporarily deputize three other heroes of Earth who I guess hadn't actually become heroes yet, but they were just about to be. Superman, Wonder Woman, and The Flash. They're all deputized to come in and try and take down Bruce Wayne. Meanwhile, there's also four other Lanterns that were sent in to try and take down Bruce Wayne. And they they kind of get it for a minute, but, you know, then he's, you know, he's, he got the upper hand. And when he sees that these other new heroes, Superman, Batman, and The Flash, are able to, you know, kind of take on Sinestro and his his pals because they come back again. He's like, okay, well, if you, as long as you guys are here, then I can go off into space, hunt down Sinestro, and kind of patrol the rest of my sector. So, you know, the reason for the Green Lanterns being sent in the first place from the Guardians to apprehend Hal Jordan for disobeying the direct order from the Guardians, that was all a big ruse just to get him off the planet to go help out in the rest of his sector. That seemed like a really convoluted way to sum this up. (laughs) Okay, in case you couldn't follow any of that, Bruce Wayne gets a Green Lantern ring. He's forced to take down renegade Sinestro Green Lantern. Sinestro gets kicked into at Antimatter Universe, gets a yellow ring, comes back for revenge, merges minds with Joe Chill, and becomes the Joker, gets two more allies in Two-Face slash Evil Star in the form of Binary Star, Catwoman Selina Kyle in the form of Catwoman slash Star Sapphire, calling her Star Sapphire, and they go take on... Batman and lose, and then Superman, Flash, Wonder Woman, they become Green Lanterns, so now Superman, now Batman, can leave the Earth and patrol the rest of his sector. Hold on, do, do the does Superman, Flash, and Wonder Woman actually become Green I mean, I know they got the, the symbol, I mean, the only other thing I can see is that Wonder Woman's whip is glowing green, but I don't see Superman or Flash actually doing anything Green Lantern-ish. Not that it really matters, but I I don't see... I don't even see Flash wearing a ring. I mean, they all have the masks. Yeah, I don't even see rings on their fingers. Well, okay, then they're most likely not deputized, but they have weird costumes (laughs) that make you think that they are. Okay, so so let's let's start at the the absolute very beginning. And by absolute very beginning, I mean the cover. Right. Now, this is a great cover. It's an absolutely gorgeous cover. Like if they had made a figure based on this character on the cover, I'm sure it would have sold really well. But that's not the character that's in the issue. How so? Well, look at the symbol. The symbol on the character on the cover, like, it's a Green Lantern symbol turned sideways, which makes a lot of sense because it's Batman. And when you turn that symbol sideways, the Green Lantern symbol sideways, it does somewhat resemble the Bat symbol. Mm -hmm. But throughout the entire comic, it was, you know, the regular Green Lantern symbol. So I don't know why... No, it put... Do the... Where's the page? Where Avin Sur is projected through the bust of Thomas Wayne. Right. 
I think what what it is is like if you look on the cover, you see that his Green Lantern symbol is actually upright. If you compare it to the Abin Sur thing, it's just closer to the edges of the symbol. So I think the black part, well, the what looks like the black part on the cover is actually the symbol. Oh. They just turned it sideways because, like you said, it looks kind of like the bat symbol in a way. I mean, oh. the, the they made the white parts very more visible, so it looks like that. The effect, I think, works a lot better on the cover. Absolutely. Yeah, so, now going into the story, it takes place, like, right at the moment that Bruce Wayne has just gotten back to the mansion after going out on his first night of trying to see what he could do on the streets. And, you know, I think that's that's a major part, because, like, had it been any other point... In, in Bruce Wayne's life, I don't think he would have necessarily been offered the ring. Yeah, but you said earlier about the, you know, he was offered the ring because the ship crashed near Wayne Manor. I know this is completely anal of me to bring up, but I thought proximity was un- unimportant because it wasn't the first time in the original Green Lantern story it only found Hal and then they retcon or brought in that it found Guy, but he was unavailable. No, what what happened was the the ring found Hal because he was the the closest one that fulfilled all the requirements. Like years later, they they retconned it so that Guy Gardner was like just a couple of feet further away than Hal was. So like if the ship had crashed crashed like just like a few few feet like you know to the left or whatever then Guy Gardner would have been the Green Lantern. Yeah, um, and then the other one was Jon Stewart, who, like, back back in the day, the reason that he wasn't, you know, uh, considered an option was because I don't think he was old enough. Right. Okay, I got you. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily, what the, you know, the same case now, because they're kind of, like, all the same age. But uh, I think that was the, the reasoning going into it in the in the beginning. Like, the point that I'm making, though, is it's it's right here where, you know, Bruce Wayne has, he has incredible willpower at this particular moment because, you know, he has years and years of training and, you know, all he wants to do is go out there and, and clean up the, the entire city. You know, it's like basically with his sheer willpower, he wants to go out there and just fix everything. And make everything, you know, better for everybody. So, I mean, like, you know, he's got the tremendous willpower. But, like, and, you know, Batman always is written with that kind of intense willpower. But the thing that, you know, that makes him a candidate here that wouldn't work so much, like, either to a Batman nowadays or or really any other time in his career, once he picked the bat, you know, once that was his, you know, his, uh, his icon, and he went out there and he was Batman, and, you know, he has his gadgets, and he has his, you know, his tools, you know, I don't think that he would have accepted a power ring, because then it's not so much about him you know, being the perfect weapon, it's him relying on another weapon. 
Yeah. You know, like this is this is the moment. This is the the, the very formative moment where you know he just got defeated by by a bunch of people on the street. You know, like this is the this is the point where he's most susceptible to to taking up the offer of a power ring. Yeah, he even says himself, I think in year one, that all he's looking for is the method of. I mean, he's got the fighting skills. He's got he's got everything except a way in which to carry it out, and that's all he's looking for right now. And he keeps saying in year one that he's holding back and holding back, and he's got to wait until he finds it. Right. And this picks up right at the opportunity. I mean, like I like I love so much. Like after reading year one, which by the way, thanks for showing that to me because like. Even in the very first panel, you can see he's sitting in the armchair looking at the bust of his father, and that little bell that he has his hand wrapped around in year one is sitting on the table right next to him, <laughs> you know, yeah. just like in year one. And then, like, instead of the bat, I mean, the, the, the flash of green frightens the bat away, and instead of the bat landing on the bust, it's a projection of Abin Sur from the bust, and it's just... It's such an awesome tie-in. I really like that. It's it's, it's really a, a cool effect to see. And then like what we were talking about with the art, you know, how much the uh, the inner monologue of Bruce matches up with your one, and the art style is pretty close too. Yeah. Gordon in year one, his like as he got older, his mustache started drooping a little bit, like like a, I don't know, whatever, an old man that he is. Mm-hmm. And it does that here too, and it's just well, right, right before everything starts to get zany, the art style really matches up a lot. <laughs> one one of the things that like I really really liked because you can read this without reading Year One, and you know like well presumably if you're reading it without reading Year One, you at least know the backstory of Batman and the backstory of Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you don't, I think you, you could still enjoy this, but I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, it, it really does help knowing, you know, at least, you know, okay, I know who Batman is. I know who Green Lantern is. Now let's, you know, it's like, well, I know about chocolate and I know about peanut butter. Now let me try a Reese's peanut butter cup. <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. This is the Reese's peanut butter cup as, as far as I'm concerned. Despite Jim's synopsis of it yes. sounding completely zany and unreadable, it's actually very good. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. This is this is probably my favorite Elseworlds. Yeah, this is definitely my my favorite Elseworlds. Definitely in the top couple for me. I'll give it, I'll give it that. But yeah, like one of the things that I love about this is that there's certain aspects of Green Lantern, like you know, being weak against Yellow. And having, you know, the 24-hour charge and knowing the oath and, you know, just all the, you know, like, your willpower controlling it, it's not, like, a big deal here. It's just like, oh, yeah, the ring told me. Okay, well, you would expect the ring to tell you. In fact, if, you know, the fact that it didn't, you know, way back, you know, when and in different origins where, you know, oh, I forgot that it's yellow, blah, 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 blah. This this takes it and it just addresses it nice and easily. It puts it in the story so that I guess if you didn't know about it, there it is. And then it moves along so that you know it can go on its merry way and not take too much time being bogged down with 
you know, oh, I've got only got a 24-hour charge, or, you know, oh, God, there's yellow. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. You know, it's – and, and like, the best thing about this is there's a yellow gas coming in the room. Well – Exactly. <laughs> it's like this – this is fantastic because this is like – you know, you've seen these kind of things happen to Green Lantern, like, a million times. And, like, they take out Green Lantern, and then, like, he's got to get by with just his wits, because he's this fearless pilot character. And, I mean, those make for good stories, but by the same token, it's like, well, why couldn't you come up with something else, you know, in the first place? And now you have Batman, who's, like, a master, you know, strategist. All of a sudden, like, yellow gas starts going off, and immediately he realizes, I have to use the ring to affect things indirectly. And so he creates a vacuum cleaner to suck up random dust on the ground and, like, use it to, like, you know, create a wall. Like, you know, he's using the ring to blow the dust to create, like, a, like a wall to protect from the yellow gas. I mean, like, right there, that's brilliant. It's like, that is, that's so smart, you would expect, exactly, you would expect Batman to do that. But at the same time, I have a problem with that exact same scene. Yes, that, the the smarts is Batman, but the fact that he, obviously it's Elseworlds, you know, if you have the ring and you give it to Bruce Wayne, you've got to change things up. And I know, like I said, I'm being a little anal about certain things, but the fact that, I don't. I've never read the original story where Batman confronts the Red Hood, aka Future Joker. Right. But I highly doubt he just hopped in the room and started firing stuff at people, because I'm sure he was ducking through shadows and flipping and using all of his skills and everything it took to fight off everybody. Whereas here, he just flies in, you know, bright as day and. He's like, like it says, the ring is as strong as my will. If I want to be bulletproof, I am. Right. And that, that, to me, yes, Batman is like all kinds of smarts, but he's also all kinds of skill. And giving him the ring, yeah, you get an aspect of him using his skill, using his mind, but it takes away some of his skill. Well, I I, I see what you're saying. That's a good point. That that is a good point. But like Hanu. You know? Right. And Hanu's super powerful, he's strong, he knows that, that's why he doesn't rely on the ring that much. Well, for a reason. Well, yeah. Well, you see, this is like what I was saying, like, giving Green Lantern the ring at that, not giving Green Lantern, giving Batman the ring at that exact moment in his, you know, his career, like, that's, that's the point where you can do it. Like, if you had done it, where he had actually gotten some battles under his belt as Batman, he would have been more relying on his his own skills and things like that. Yeah. You know, like that was the that was the whole moment that that changed everything. And now he has the ring and he's he's learned how to use the ring. He respects the ring and he respects the you know, the oath and what it stands for. And so he uses it with respect and like to to go in in shadows and not use the ring i think would be disrespecting what he you know like the oath that he takes for the green lantern corps it's almost like by giving him the ring he can't 
not use it. I guess I'm being anal. I know. Yeah. Well, no, no. I mean, it's it's a very valid point, and it's it's definitely you know worth looking at. So yeah, I mean, Batman he saves the day. Nobody gets burned with any acid or anything like that. I didn't actually read the you know origin of the Joker either, but I have a feeling this is probably where the acid was uh, gonna burn his face and turn him into the Joker. Okay, the acid. I know this is not GL related, but the did the acid also the acid made him insane too, right? Because in this story, just every word that comes out of the quote unquote Joker's mouth is just this wussy kind of a guy, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, the acid was definitely once he turned, you know, got Jokerized, his mind kind of went. Also, the same page. I like how Gordon doesn't trust him as fast as he does in the other stories. He makes a point of saying, "I don't like vigilantes, much less ones who have more power than they know what to do with." Which is like, it's a nice nod to the fact, like, that in you know the original, you know, regular DC universe, the the fact that they do have kind of a mutual respect and friendship is based on the fact that Gordon really appreciates how Batman is able to do this as just a man. And, and I mean, if you read that first issue of Year One, then you, you can see that Gordon is one to know, you know, the uh, what a man can do if he puts his mind to it. Gordon was a badass in Year One. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, that's, that, was, that was pretty awesome. I, li- I like how <laughs> um, Alfred... Is like, uh, you know, oh, hold on, I'm I'm screening the calls for uh, for Master Bruce when the Guardians <laughs> project. <laughs> it's like it's like he's about to dust it. It's like oh, just dust this old powerful lantern, <laughs> which is actually on a pedestal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, the uh, the way that he, you know, when he he's called out to go battle Sinestro. It's like it's interesting because like he makes a mistake and it's like he knows that he shouldn't have made it but it's like he has to say it because you have to get your digs in there. You know, it's like, you know, Sinestro all of a sudden he finds out, okay, well this is why the guy's here because, you know, Batman Green Lantern makes a comment about how he's uh, you know, ruling with an iron fist. If he had gone in and just been like, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm here to to see how the great Sinestro does everything. It's like, oh, well, come on over, have a seat, you know, and then zap. <laughs> Would have been nice and easy. No, I mean, like, the way that they do this, <laughs> Sinestro's got yellow lasers because he's been basically waiting for somebody to just come in, you know, try and take him. And the... Korgarians, whatever they're called. Yeah. They're def- they're definitely uh they're definitely the ones I know about, the, the very dependent on uh, someone under their under the iron rule of Sinestro. They start trying to get Batman or Bruce to lead them. Thus we get Katma. Yeah. Just like you know, just like what happens in the original timeline. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I gotta say the 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 other thing that I was talking about how he's not using his skill because he has a ring, and but he's there are some times where even his mind slips up. Like whenever he's talking to Gordon about uh, Joe Chill or whatever, mm-hmm. he gives away too much and 
and Gordon either, I don't know if he actually finds out or is darn close to finding out exactly who Green Lantern slash Bruce Wayne is because of the words that he used. And he's, he's not as, he's so driven by revenge and the power that he's got that he slips up even in front of Gordon and Gordon figures it out, which is how Sinestro figures out who GL is. Well, one could also argue that he knew that Gordon was a good man. And so he knew that the only way he was going to get the, the help that he needed was for Gordon to help him, you know, and like willingly help him. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, I trust you, so I know that you're going to use this information, but, well, I mean, on the other hand, he could use the, the ring to wipe his mind if he really wanted to. I guess. I mean, I think it's more of a trust thing. I think, you know, like, I'm giving you a nugget of information because this is going to basically give away who I am to you only, you know? And I could take, you know, the information by force. I can make you help me, but I'm not going to do that. It's like, you know, I trust you, you know, now this is where you trust me and work with me here. But you could be right. You know, it could be that, you know, because he's he's got the power, could be that he's not relying on his skills. Although, I mean, that fight with Sinestro, it's like, you know, that that's, that's sharp. You know, he's like, he's using all these things against, you know, he's using Sinestro's own emotions against him and then he uses sinestro's own weapon against him all right fine shoot down my points i see what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) i I just i just want to you know make it make it make you look at it from both points of view okay now i'm jumping ahead a little here but the uh flash superman wonder woman i i know this is old school so you know this is probably the best they could come up with then but was, when I turned the page and saw their actual outfits, I immediately flashed back to how upset everyone was during Blackest Night when Black <laughs> Lantern and Batman showed up. And it was like, his symbol is so terrible. It's just a Black Lantern symbol on top of a bat symbol. Yeah. They put no thought into it whatsoever. Yeah. With, with the intro where it was like, where he was saying Clark Kent, and then you see, you know, the chemicals crashing over Barry Allen and all that, we would have known who these people were. They could have got a little more creative with the outfits here. Yeah, no, and I, I think that's, I think that may be Dan's biggest gripe with this, this story, the costumes on those those three characters. I mean, I don't know, like, on the one hand, I can kind of see, like, you know, what they're going for is these these characters had not done any superheroing superheroing yet at this point you know they didn't have costumes now all of a sudden like you know this mysterious voice comes in and it says it's like listen i know about your powers we need your help it's like oh you need my help you know okay well let me see what i can rustle up in the way of a (laughs) costume (laughs) and then as they go out you know the guardians are like oh wait you're wearing that here Put this on so he knows who you're coming from, you know? I wonder if I have any multicolored stylized spandex <laughs> lying around the house. <laughs> well, Superman's costume was made for him by Ma Kent. Right. And I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think what had happened was 
she made the costume out of like the blanket that he was sent to Earth in, mm-hmm. and it didn't have the symbol on it originally. And then it's like you know it's missing something, and that's when they put the S on. That was you know the Kryptonian symbol for you know the House of L. Mm-hmm. So I mean if if that's true if that was the case, then it's conceivable that oh well you know she gave him the costume it's missing something. Well here you go, you know it's the the symbol for the House of L, you know merged with this you know this new mysterious benefactor who's pushing me to become you know, a hero. With Superman, Superman, it kind of, you know, you could kind of justify it slightly. Wonder Woman, you can justify it a lot more because, like, I think that basically is the the outfit that, like, the champion wears. Yeah, I think I remember reading something about that was the outfit. It, it was made like that to respect the country or something like that. Respect, um the nations they were working for or helping out or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's something to that effect. Yeah. Like, so that, you know, and uh, going by your definition, it makes even more sense that she would incorporate the green lantern symbols because she's currently helping them out. Yeah. So that those, those I can buy the flash. I know it's like, how do you justify that? I mean, Okay, well, he was going to come up with a red costume anyway, so he came up with a red costume this time around again and decided to just stick the Green Lantern symbol right smack dab on top of the lightning bolt and wear these horrendously ugly green masked things over his eyes. I don't don't understand why any of them wear the green mask. I mean, to protect the identities? I mean, come on. Really? (laughs) I like how the color is messed up on them a couple of times. If you look on the page after, you can see that like Superman's mask is red. Yes. So is Wonder Woman's and her Green Lantern symbol, which you would think they would focus pretty closely <laughs> on, is also red. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like in where her her mask is red, her lasso is green, and on the page before that, her lasso is clearly yellow. Exactly. So. Yeah, her her lasso can't make up its mind when it comes to the collar. <laughs> Aresia has a cape. Did you notice that? Yeah, and I think that's that's a very, very nice touch. It's kind of like a hero worship kind of thing, I guess. Exactly, yes. Because she loved Hal Jordan, so now she loves the new Green Lantern of Earth who wears a cape. I thought that was that was a very nice touch. I very much like that. But yeah, let's let's back up a little because Okay. We kind of we kind of glossed right over, you know. You have the the first, actually, it's like it's almost exactly half of the book. Like I said, is very Batman in theme. It's very much stylized to, you know, the Batman Year One, and then you get to the point where Sinestro kills Commissioner Gordon, you know, to get the information of where you know. This Joe Chill that, you know, created Batman, basically, or, you know, the mindset of Batman in the Green Lantern, you know, character, his greatest enemy now. And this is where it kind of goes a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of. <laughs> I mean, like, the the whole the whole tone of the comic changes at this particular moment. And, it's you know, it starts with, like, a child, Bruce Wayne 
showing up at Joe Chill's door, morphing into Sinestro. And then it just gets weirder with Sinestro absorbing Joe Chill's mind. What is this thing where he, where uh, Bruce uses the ring to scan the pitcher and then hunts him down via that? Can the ring do that? Has the ring ever done that in the past? Or are they just throwing in random abilities? <laughs> okay, so, he, yeah, you know, I didn't even pay attention to this, I guess. He shoots the ring at the picture of Joe Chill, and then all of a sudden is just, you know, flying away right to Joe Chill. Yeah. What kind of crap is that, man? He's not using any of his detective skills whatsoever. He's just... <laughs> yeah. All right, here's a picture. Take me to him. <laughs> I mean, like, well, I, again, this goes... This plays very much to the, the zany aspect of the ring being able to do anything. It's like, <laughs> okay, ring, I want you to act as a a photo reference geo finding device <laughs> look at this picture scan the entire earth and tell me where this person is uh i well back in the day this is exactly what they would do in the the comics oh really give me a reference jim come on now. i mean like <laughs> i don't know if this exact thing has happened but I, okay well, you listened to the episode where we uh, we reviewed the second issue of Green Lantern, the second appearance of Green Lantern. No, I just listened to the Larfleas report and your reaction. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I listened to it. <laughs> I mean, like, think about that. It's like the amount of like, okay, I've never done this before, but I'm going to use my ring to perform a very, very delicate brain surgery on this guy. <laughs> and if I fail, he's, he's lobotomized, basically. <laughs> I mean, like, in that issue alone, like, he did so many things with the ring that just made no sense whatsoever. Oh, man. It, and it's hysterical because that's when they were trying to make Green Lantern more, you know, sci-fi. And yet the things that he did with his ring, it's like... This is purely magic. I mean, this is purely magic. There's no scientific explanation for this whatsoever. Yet. Oh, man. Yeah, so right here, I mean, like, you know, again, this is magic. (laughs) Picture, find it. The ring's (laughs) ring's like a super super Ouija board. Yeah, well, you know, it's not perfect. The, The comic is not perfect, but... It's it's really good. It is really good. Alfred dies. That was terrible. That was horrible. But he dies, like, cleansing the power battery of the yellow energy that would have killed Batman. What do you what do you think about the fact that the guard, like, I, supposedly, you know, uh, Kilwog and Aresia and Katma and Tomal after Bruce is, you know, supposed to be, I guess, indicative of the whole time when Hal goes nuts and they're trying to reel, rein him in. Mm-hmm. But what do you think? Like, okay, they they send the Green Lanterns after Hal because Hal goes crazy. He just can't deal with that amount of grief and loss. But here, Bruce has a legitimate reason to stay on Earth. Twofold. One, he's got his personal revenge against Chill because he knows Chill is inside Sinestro. Mm-hmm. And two... 
he knows Sinestro is one tough dude and he needs to protect his planet from this universal threat right here. And yet they still say, you know, they don't agree with him. And he even gives an option. You've got, you know, 300 or 3,599 other Green Lanterns to take care of this. You know, I need to take care of Sinestro. Yeah, I mean, like, no, that's that's all very much like how the Guardians would do it. I mean, it's it's written very well from the perspective of the, the Guardians because, like, no, they would not accept that. That's, they, they just... They're not going to deal with with one of their their servants, basically, you know, backtalking them like that. And while Bruce Wayne does have a very good point for why he should remain on Earth, the fact of the matter remains he's a Green Lantern, and Green Lanterns had to patrol an entire sector. So, you know, like while yes, there's you know a huge threat on Earth, you know, often you know planet you know, Chelamax 4 or whatever, you know, like, an entire race is on the verge of extinction because a meteor is about to hit, and if, you know, Bruce would fly out there for about 10 minutes and divert the course of the meteor, all of these people would live, but instead he has to stay on Earth to babysit Sinestro. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. So... I mean, like, what they actually do by deputizing Superman, Wonder Woman, and Flash, and, you know, having these other Green Lanterns come and be like, listen, you know, we're going to have to kick you off Earth. I mean, like, the whole point was, you know, not, not that they're going to, you know, they came around and their whole point was to, you know, grab his ring or whatever. That was never the, the intention at all. Like, the whole plan, the whole time, was to get Bruce Wayne to patrol the rest of his sector. All right. I guess I can see that. I just hate the Guardians. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, that's, that's I, I can understand that. I could definitely understand that. But, yeah, it's like, you know, at the very end, you know, you, when you see them, like, looking into the uh, their their big view screen, <laughs> their, their mega... <laughs> mega inch you know lcd screen where they can watch whatever's going on in the universe it's like you know nope you know this is this is basically what we planned you know we never really wanted him to not be a green lantern because he's like the best one there is they all know that he's the best there is so you know there's no way that they'd want to actually lose him as a green lantern they just wanted to light a fire under his ass to get him off the planet uh, <laughs> I wonder if they get NFL Sunday ticket on that screen. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I'm sure they get NFL Saturday ticket, too, for another planet. <laughs> <laughs> what would NFL Saturday ticket, what would NFL stand for on another planet? Uh, New Flagorian Lantargo. <laughs> <laughs> it's another planet, man. It makes sense over there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so... So now, like, the one thing that I was uh, was thinking about was when Superman, Wonder Woman, and Flash, you know, when this when this comic takes place, the, the three of these characters are not heroes yet, and they have to basically be called upon by the Guardians to come and, you know, finally do something yep. about yeah, exactly. 
and uh, and start you know protecting Earth so that Green Lantern wasn't the only one patrolling, basically like you know a shithole of a planet that's got so much crime that he can't even leave it for fear that everybody's going to destroy themselves the minute he leaves. That that's what he's up against. That's what Bruce Wayne is up against. He's like, well, if I leave, everybody's gonna die. And he's basically right, because Sinestro's there just waiting to exterminate everything. But you can't also believe everything is your fault without also believing you're all-powerful. Yeah, but no, I mean, like, he's he's like, he, he realizes that if he leaves the planet, Sinestro's going to kill everybody. So he knows that he's, like, the one the one thing stopping Sinestro from just wiping everybody out. But like I was saying, though, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Flash. Like, the three of them are not heroes. The thing that kind of threw me off was when Hal Jordan became a hero, Superman had already, you know, been spotted in Metropolis. Right. So, but, you know, I mean, like, this this being Batman, I'm pretty sure Batman was the first out of the three, out of the all four of them. So that, that would make some sense that he was the one that, you know, prodded the other three are you sure i thought i thought superman i thought clark was older than bruce i thought i thought everything happened as far as someone taking up a costume and a a purpose i thought superman came first because i know i'm reading i'm reading uh are you reading the superman last family of krypton elseworld thing that's going on right now not yet well there's there's a part involving bruce and in this story bruce is definitely younger than clark and I don't know, I think I've seen that in a couple of other stories, too. I think age-wise, they should be right around the same age. Now, I mean, as far as the question of who became a hero first, well, Superman is definitely the inspiration for almost everybody. But, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know, I could definitely see Batman... Well, Well, actually, they could play it off very simply that Superman was the first one to you know, be out there and be known. In the public eye. Exactly, because Batman always worked in the shadows. He was kind of a myth. He didn't want people to know that he actually existed. So, I mean, he could have actually been working the streets for, you know, months or even years prior to Clark Kent going to Metropolis. Damn you throwing wrenches in every argument I've got. (laughs) (laughs) In conclusion, this is a great issue. Go pick it up. Yeah, I think that's basically it. I, the uh, the the Catwoman character I think is completely useless. <laughs> well, so is the Binary Star. The Binary Star is it makes slightly more sense because like you know he's got the, the, I like the Binary Star more be, ah, Binary Star character more because he's basically been been given these power gauntlets by Sinestro, who obviously would have the technology because off on Korrigar. Like, he had, like, yellow lasers being shot out of his floor. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, that part makes sense. But, I mean, like, the whole Catwoman thing is just, like, she's got a whip that sometimes glows yellow. And apparently she likes to dress in purple revealing leather. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> just like all the star sapphires, apparently. <laughs> yeah, what can I say? I'm a guy. <laughs> Like you said, this is definitely one to to try and find and pick up. And this was written by Mike Barr and art by Jerry Bingham. Yes. 
Mike Barr, for those of you who do not know, uh, did the writing for a couple other things, a couple Star Trek things uh, in various mediums. And uh, he wrote, most notably, I think, the Batman and the Outsiders series, as well as he did the um, the Batman Son of the Demon little trade thing that came out. Uh, supposedly, it's like the prequel to the... Uh, the was it Grant Morrison who did Batman and Son? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I'll also point out that this uh, this alternate Earth, this Elseworlds Earth, is, you know, it was later on revealed to be part of the 52 Earth multiverse, the 52 universes. Uh, this is number 32. And, you know, it'll, um, the Green Lantern, Batman, merger character shows up also in Countdown Arena numbers one and two. I'm not going to recommend that anybody actually goes out and read those, but I'm just just, just saying, you know, it's out there if you really want to go check it out. Plug, but not a plug. (laughs) Yeah. This is probably, like, one of the first ones that I had picked up. I think the first two that I actually, you know, wanted to read was the Batman in Darkest Night and uh, Speeding Bullets. Which one is that one? That's the one where it's a merger of Batman and Superman. Oh, oh, okay. Is that the one where it's got like the classic Batman cover, but it's it's uh, much more creepy looking, I guess. You know what I'm talking about? Where he's flying at the air and he's got his fist pointed. There's was it the Batman cover, or the Superman cover? You know, I I can't even remember. Let's see. Oh yeah, it's the the classic Superman cover where. Like, Superman is kind of, like, flying up into the air and then kind of, like, looking down with buildings in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I almost bought that today, actually. I, it was in my hand for a dollar. Oh, and my I, God. And I put it back. Oh, you passed on that one? Well, I also passed on Tales of the Green Lantern Corps Annual Number 1, but that was because I already had it, so. Oh. Yeah, but, well, Superman Speeding Bullets, that's, that's such a good one. That one is, uh... Like Superman crashes like right by the uh, the Wayne Manor, so they adopt him. So it's like basically Superman growing up as Batman. Yeah, it's uh, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> there are definitely Elseworld stories to stay away from. I bought one without knowing just because I thought it looked cool. Which one? Batman Brotherhood of the Bat. Which one is that one? That's the one where like the world is like being wiped out by a disease or something. And Ra's al Ghul is still uh, still kicking around, and um, he finds Batman's manor and everything. Goes down to the Batcave and like starts up a crime-fighting cult in a bunch of different Batman uniforms. And turns out like the descendant of Bruce Wayne comes back and tries to retake his father's mantle or something. It sounds good in theory, but really it's absolutely <laughs> terrible. Because as you're telling me, I'm like, oh, wow, that actually sounds pretty interesting. Oh, it sucks. Okay, never mind. I won't get it. It was all right for what it was. But, it, I mean, at, the more – I've read it a couple of times now, and I – yeah, I could I could do without it. Do we have any other information that we wanted to share with people about Elseworlds in general or – They don't have a trade. I don't think they have an Elseworlds trade. I haven't, I haven't been able to find one. No. Not a collection of various, for various characters. The one thing 
like the basically the holy grail of Elseworlds. Were they throughout different titles or? No. Well, well, there was the Elseworlds annual um, summer where all the comics that were running in DC they put out an annual that was an Elseworlds you know marked book. So like you know you had Green Lantern you know it was like a tale of like Nazis and stuff like that. You had uh, like the the Justice League where it was like a futuristic thing with an alternate Justice League taking over or whatever. A bunch of interesting things like that. It was, you know, the whole, you know, it, was, it, it took place in the annuals. So. Are you talking about the Elseworlds 80-page giant? That's it. That's the one. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, now I found it. Batman looks like he's wearing lipstick. Yeah, well, it's the 80-page the <laughs> giant, and... There's, like, a bunch of different stories in it, like, you know, the giant size comics tend to do. But the problem was, I believe it was Kyle Baker who did this uh, story, Laetitia Lerner, Superman's Babysitter. And, like, it's, it's a really interesting little, you know, comic, but in one of the panels, Superman, baby Superman, crawls into a microwave. And the microwave gets turned on. Oh shit! Yeah, and like DC, they you know they they I guess let it slip by, and then all of a sudden they realize, holy god, that we have a comic with a baby in a microwave. <laughs> this can't happen. So they like they scrapped all the issues that went to America, and like I don't know, like a thousand or a couple thousand ended up. Slipping through, oh, 2,000 copies, around 2,000 copies ended up uh, slipping through to the UK. So, yeah, there's like 2,000 copies of this comic that uh, if you want to have like, a complete collection of Elseworlds, you know, you you can expect to pay a hefty sum for this, this one issue. I just like the cover. <laughs> I, like, I like seeing Martian Manhunter as a uh, <laughs> rock and roll star. Yeah. <laughs> Should we tell them what, what else we plan on covering? Yeah, sure. Well, I just got uh, Evil's Might in the mail today. So, oh, nice. So I got all three issues of that, and uh, that'll be coming up pretty soon, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's that's going to be one of the next ones. And I haven't been able to put my hands on any of the uh, Superman Last Son of Earth. Yeah, that one's that one's really good, so we'll, we'll wait on that one for a little bit. We, what we should really do is try and find one that's horrendously bad. And do that one next, and that way we'll alternate between really, really good and horrendously bad. Evil's Might. I'm I'm hearing it's bad, but I haven't read it all yet, so I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember it being that bad. Uh, it's been so long since I've read that. I'm not sure if it's actually in Elseworlds, but Green Lantern Dragon Lord. Yeah, that's Elseworld. No, it's not. No, it's 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 pre. I think it's pre uh, pre uh, Alan Scott Hal Jordan. Because isn't that part of the story where, like, the first time the lantern glows, it's to bring death, the second life, and the third power, and, like, the Dragon Lord is one of those first two instances or something like that? I don't think so. No, I don't think that that was what it was tied to. I thought it was, he was an actual Green Lantern. I just, I just remember not enjoying it at all at the time that I read it. Damn it. <laughs> it says something about it being assigned to Sector 2814. God, why are you always subverting my ideas here? This is listen. Don't blame me. 
Don't blame me because I can just remember this stuff. Yeah, like there was. I'm sorry for not reading this crappy story. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, we're gonna cover that as an Elseworlds because if it is real, it doesn't deserve to be. Okay, it doesn't have an Elseworlds logo on the covers. How about that? I think they made a, made a mistake. <laughs> I think they should have. Yeah, it's like I love how they put so much emphasis on, you know, like, Alan Scott being the first Green Lantern of Earth. And then, okay, well, Hal Jordan's actually the first from the Green Lantern Corps. You know, he's the first Earth man from, you know, to be chosen to be part of the Green Lantern Corps. And yet, they continuously roll out stories of previous Earthmen who have been Green Lantern. It's like, come on! He was like he was like fifteenth at this point. It's like Hal Jordan, thirtieth Earthman to become a Green Lantern. Yeah, they were really, really trying to prevent the Earthmen from becoming Green Lanterns. <laughs> oh, then you man. got the the well, it's an Elseworlds story, so I guess it doesn't count. But the uh, Thousand and One Emerald Knights. Yeah, that one. That's an Elseworlds. But yeah, you have the Dragon Lord. You have uh, well, Yalan Gur wasn't wasn't uh, human, but. Uh, I mean, like, you had, like, basically two two Earthmen from the Wild West who wielded a Green Lantern ring. I don't know, whatever. Did you did you want to cover uh, our favorite Superman issue as part of the uh, Elseworlds? Oh, yes. Uh, we won't go into that one yet, but we All will right. definitely cover that. It's not an Elseworlds, but it's an alternate-type story. Yes, which is quite awesome. Well, we're also going to cover some of the other ones where... Green Lantern wasn't a main character. Red Sun, Kingdom Come. Definitely. Because, like, the variation that they put on the character is just, it's it's definitely interesting enough to make a point of discussing. And we are getting into stuff that's non-Green Lantern related, right? Isn't that what you said? Yes, down the line, once we've covered all the Green Lantern related stuff, we will definitely take a whack at some of the other stuff. Should people find me intriguing enough to continue listening to LanternCast Presents Elseworlds? <laughs> oh, that's hysterical, because we're basically just going to keep doing it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody listens to this episode. <laughs> we'll, we'll be on episode 50, and people will be like, they're still recording that? Uh. Uh. We don't have demographics, right? Like we don't we don't have a chart listening how many uh how many times people li- listen to certain episodes. Oh, have... not not really. No, nothing. Okay, like that. good. There's no, <laughs> there's no room to be depressed because we won't have any info to be depressed about. Yeah, I mean, at, at this stage in the game, like since we're just starting out this kind of imprint to the Lantern Cast, like it's definitely going to get a little bit better, just because you know. Now that we've done an episode, we know what we want to focus on and, you know, what we're going to want to do more research on, I guess, you know, for future books. You mean me, since you seem to be. (laughs) Well, no, because, like, you know, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the stuff that I came up with is, like, off the top of my head. And, like, if I had a little more time, I would have liked to have been able to read all of Batman Year One to be able to compare, you know, oh, well, this was similar, this was similar, you know, this would have fit in here, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, I've, I've seen reference that, 
um, Batman the Killing Joke is also related to uh, in in Darkest Night, but I have not gotten a chance to read that either. So, like, things like that, like, it would be nice to really do the research and be able to compare the current reality and the alternate reality. So that's that's definitely a future goal. Let's let's come up with a mission statement. <laughs> a mission statement. Consider this the first episode, and all the episodes at, hereafter will be Elseworlds versions of this episode, and they'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I, I think that's a pretty good mission statement. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, and as uh, as my puppy Daisy is currently trying to eat my hand, <laughs> I think we'll wrap this up. So, let's see. If you want to contact me, I'm Jim at LanternCast.com. If they want to contact you, what do they do, Chad? I'm on the forums. I'm Cage Narlay. Uh, or you can email me at cagenarlay at yahoo.com. Narlay is spelled N-A-R-L-E-I-G-H. You can find our website at landerncast.com. I guess realistically, since you're the co-host of this this imprint, Chad, you should probably have a LanternCast email also. I guess. Or we can just come up with a LanternCast Elseworlds website. Yeah, I'm I'm way too lazy for that. <laughs> hey, we have a new voicemail number. Yeah, if you want to leave a voicemail for the LanternCast Presents Elseworlds podcast, you can just dial... 206-337-1579 and leave voicemails, because if you don't, then we have to get another new number. <laughs> oh, God. I think that's going to happen soon, because we haven't gotten any voicemails in a while. <laughs> it's going to be sad. We need intro music. That's what we need. We will. Our producer, James Doyle, is going to have to, uh, he's going to have his, his work cut out for him on this one. Hey, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, so I, I have I have a, an excuse here. What's your excuse? <laughs> yeah. You know, I just realized that, like, this is the first episode that we're recording where... Like, we have our producer, James, and, like, we can actually announce it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, everybody, like, the episodes that you're last listening, like, from basically now, hereafter, it's James Doyle. He's our new producer. He's, he's a really cool guy, and he's actually coming in, and he's editing all these podcasts, putting the music on, and it's a tremendous help. And seamless, too. Seriously. I can't tell that stuff is missing or cut or whatever. Yes. All very seamless. Yeah, he uh, he tried out along with Jeff and Space Flash from the forums. And they all did a really good job. And, and uh, actually, J- uh, Jeff, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name right because it's G-E-O-F. It might be... Goff or Geoff. Yeah, he he had this really innovative idea to like have like a background track to the whole podcast. You know, like just have music going through the entire podcast. And I don't necessarily know that that's the way that we would want to go. Like, you know, regardless of whether it is or not, it was a very interesting idea to try. So, 
As long as it's not elevator music. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was nice, and it was like a, almost like a little like a techno beat. It was nice. But uh, when it came down to it, James Doyle was, uh, he was the one that, that definitely impressed the most. Uh, and you can actually reach him, James, at the Lantern Cast, uh, James at LanternCast.com. Well, crap. See, even James has an email address now. Damn straight. And Jason and Dan, they also have emails at LanternCast.com, but they're not doing this imprint, so... That's right. That's all I'm going to mention about them. To hell with them. Let's let's get some let's get some interview. We could get some interviews with some of these people. We could do interviews with this little uh, segment here. Oh yeah. Yeah. See, it's Elseworlds. It's a whole different world, man. We can we can <laughs> do whatever we want. We'll see. We shall see. Oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not shooting you down on that one. I'm just saying we'll see. <laughs> as long as we, I wonder if we can start going into what if stories. We're gonna run out of Elseworlds. I'm telling you. Well, actually, with DC starting up Elseworlds again, I don't know. Are they? I thought I thought they were just doing this Superman thing as a test. I didn't know they were bringing back the whole the whole uh, genre here. Well, I mean, I guess like you know, depending on how this does. I'm telling you, dude. If you haven't picked it up, pick it up. No, I definitely will. It's just that I don't really see any point to picking it up until like like the whole thing is done. Because like you know, this is this is one of those things where. I just I want to read it all in one shot. Well, the third issue is or the second issue is already out. It is. Yeah. But it just come out. Well, uh, two weeks ago. So I think uh, the in a couple of weeks you should be able to read the whole thing. There's a lot of there's a lot of pages. Well, the only deterrent is that each issue is five bucks. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's worth it. So anybody who is thinking about picking up. Last Family of Krypton and isn't, pick it up. And if enough people pick it up, maybe we'll get more Elseworlds. That's right, and therefore more of this podcast. Yes. So, on that note, uh, we'll be back in, I don't know, I think a month or so. Yeah. Go for about a monthly uh, schedule on this. That gives me time to rest up. Okay, folks, thanks for listening to the first episode of Lanterncast Presents... Elseworlds. I hope to see you next time. Indeed. Good night. Night.